Northview Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. Before you're seated, turn to somebody, give them a high five and say amen. Now turn to somebody else and say yes. How you feeling? Feeling good? Yeah. Oh, well, I tell you what, I, uh, I am feeling the power of praise. There's power when we come together in His name. There's power by you being here because this Holy Spirit is inside of you. And in us together, there's an agreement about that power. And there is faith that is built up when we hear that power being preached. And that word that we preach is through Jesus Christ. And that's God's word that he has made available to us so that we can come on days like today when it's gloomy and stormy and cold. And we can get fired up about the goodness of God inside of each of us. Amen? Where we can be encouraged. I mean, that's the point. We come together. We don't forsake, right, the assembly of getting together, but we come to be encouraged and build each other up. And, I, and you have encouraged me just by braving the weather and being here. And how many of you know when you make that extra effort to get here, to roll out of bed and be here, there's a double blessing for you. So I believe that there's a double blessing for us today as we make an extra effort because when you draw close to God, He draws close to us. And you made an effort today to be closer with your Creator. Amen. How many of you are all in on this whole experiencing God together thing? How many of you are all in in what God can do in this community? How many of us are all in in believing that there are people out there that need to hear the message that you have, and it takes all of us together to share the testimony of Jesus Christ in our lives? Amen? Yes, and amen to that. We've got this all-in thing going on this Christmas season. What a great time it is. To just say, hey, God, you are all in for us, and we're going to be all in with you in this community. We know that there is a desperate need out there on 2700 North. The most amazing miracles happen. We are about ready to sign some papers for property that we'll be able to plant the Word of God in into our community. Be available and be accessible to anybody driving by or passing by. We are incredibly thankful to the blessings that God has given us and the opportunity to be in a place where we can be used, where we can have a great impact, and we can have an influence together for Christ. Isn't that what God has called us out of, right? To be in an area where we, we were saved, and now we've got a purpose and we've got a mission. Every person that said yes to Jesus automatically said yes to his mission. And that's what this is about. We are actively pursuing the, the mission of going and making disciples into our area, into the ends of the earth. So when we're going in and we're giving to this initiative, this giving initiative, we are investing into this community. And you'll see that we are giving not only to this, but 10% of everything that is given into this, giving initiative in this next few months, 10% of that goes to foreign missions. So it's not only here, but we're sending that away. So that is an, an awesome opportunity that we get to do as a church. Not only establish something here, but help establish something across the globe. Good things, right? So I ask that you'll continue to pray for our church 
its influence, its mission, and also we just ask that you continue to pray what God is speaking into your hearts, how you can support and give to this mission, because we know that there is an impossible thing in front of us, and it seems impossible, but with God, it's not impossible. And if we're all in in this, and we kind of give what God has spoken to our hearts, it doesn't matter if it's $10 or $5 a month or 5000 what that is, is God will use what you give as an offering to Him, and He will bless you, and He will make this work together. There are people out there that need a place to call home and have a place where they can feel like family because sometimes we aren't always treated that well. Amen? I don't know why we said amen to that, but God will bless us together. Good things. We can say yes and amen to all the good things. Let's pray. Father, we commit everything to, that we do in our lives to you, and especially today in this service. It's more than a service. We didn't come here to just do church. We came here to be impacted by your spirit and to be an influencer and to do something that's bigger than us individually and to learn and to grow faith and love and to uh, express our love and gratitude of your saving grace for each of us. So today, God, bind us together and unify us as a moving force that just scares the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, um, I like this season. Uh, the, the Christmas season is my favorite season, and uh, it's a fun time to be alive. <laughs> uh, we do love the snow, and we went up yesterday, and we went and cut our own Christmas tree, and uh, it was great hiking out there and getting into the woods, and, and uh, boy, those Christmas trees sure are bigger in the wilderness than they are in your just the depth perception changes quite a bit. Um, didn't realize how low our ceiling height is. But we do that. We try and do that. Um, well, we don't do it every year, but we do it when we can. And it's a great time and, and made some great memories. And I hope that you're making some good memories with um, your family or uh, friends or whoever you're surrounded with. And just enjoy this time and not let it get too heck and too out of control. But the reason for this is that we can focus on God, which is why you're here and to focus on his love and all the blessings that he has given us. Sometimes we just need to stop and slow down and, and look at that. Uh, so I've got a few things to just kind of uh, share with you. And Micah Johnson, my, my good buddy, he loves these dad jokes. So I try and tell some uh, dad jokes when I can, when we see each other on Sundays. And so you want to humor me for just a minute? Because like, I've got dry humor, and I like these dad jokes. Just a few of them. You ready? You ready? Here we go. What kind of Christmas music do elves like? rap music <laughs> only a couple more what do you call a snowman with a six-pack an abdominal snowman how do Christmas angels greet one another halo with that turn with me to Matthew chapter 2 and we're gonna read a little bit of the Christmas story and the Christmas, uh, a part of the story. Now, this is the story of, of Christmas as you and I as believers. We know that the story is not about Rudolph saving Christmas, right? We know that it's not about the snowman who's about to melt. We know that it's, that it's not about Santa Claus coming down the chimney. I mean, that, that, that's fun. But, I mean, the Christmas story for us is centered around the birth of Jesus. And there's so much to this story that we're going to just unpack one package today, one present, one gift of the story that God has given us. 
to speak some truth into our lives. So you ready? Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1, and today I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, we need to just kind of understand a little bit of the reference here. Herod, King Herod at that time, was already known as king of the Jews. I mean, that was his role. He was an oppressor. He, he was known to, to, uh, to rule over the Jews at that time. So he was already had that label. And now here comes somebody else. That is, here is born king of the Jews. So you've got to know there's kind of like this competition going on. And, and King Herod, he was extremely jealous, and he was an evil man. And, and, and he, would, uh, uh, he, he was, uh, did some evil things and murdered and killed people, and, and uh, he, he wanted his own agenda to be had and his authority and his kingdom to be ruled. So you've got to know that King Herod right now, he's hearing this, king of the Jews, he doesn't like this. <clears throat> For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where is the Christ, where the Christ was to be born? And so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least of the, among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared, and sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, Bring back word to me so that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country in another way. Now, there's some things in the story that are really quite obvious. You see that the star is in the east. They see that star. They follow that star. It stops. They, they, they find Jesus, who was about two years old, somewhere right around there. Little toddler running around. He wasn't a baby in a manger when the wise men came. That's just the nativity scene. And we see that this kind of plays out that they get to meet the Messiah. They get to meet Jesus for the first time. They were anticipating, they were searching, they were looking for, and they finally found Jesus. They had an encounter with God, face to face with him, that meant something for the rest of their lives. I no doubt they ever forgot this. But before they came to this point, there's something in Scripture that really speaks to my mind, that speaks to my heart. Now, more than ever, in this time of year, that we get to focus on something. And it says that when they saw that it stopped, they hadn't even met Jesus yet. They saw that the star that stopped, and they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. This was more than a high five, hey, good job, yeah, dude, we got it. I mean, they were like throwing a party. They were jumping off of those camels. They were dancing. They were praising. Before they even had an encounter with Jesus, they knew what was up, up ahead of them. They knew that there was an encounter. They knew what was waiting. Something they were searching for finally stopped in front of them, and they celebrated. Because there's an answer. And all this time, they've been searching. They've been wandering. They've been looking. They saw the star, and it moved ahead of them. They didn't know when it was going to stop. 
What if it was going to take 10 years? You see, we read the story. We already know what happens. But in that setting, they've got this king that's sitting behind them. And they know what kind of person he is. They already know that he was labeled as king of the Jews. And, and he was trying to portray like, hey, just tell me so I can come worship him. And this, this man was full of trickery. But these, these guys, they were wise. They knew he wasn't the best on the planet. And they're searching and they're following. And they don't know when it's going to stop. And all of a sudden, it stops. I can't imagine what that scene must have looked like. And we do, we talk about the star, but picturing it and realizing that this reality was right in front of them. And they rejoiced. I wonder how many of us today could simply just stop and rejoice. Stop and celebrate. Stop and think about what God has presented in front of us. Stop and celebrate the journey. Stop and be thankful and be grateful and have joy in the process of the encounter that's coming. You see, they came to a place of worship, but before that place of worship, there was joy. And before that joy, there was a searching. There was a carefully looking for. There was an attention that was put out in front of them that they saw that was going towards Bethlehem. They knew that the, that, that the Messiah was going to be born there. And they were waiting for that to hover over the house so they can come worship and know who it was. I wonder how many of us would be able to pay attention to the details of the universe. There's no doubt that you've got distractions in your life. Everybody in their life right now, there was full of distractions pulling your attention from this to that, sparkling this, shiny that. Out of all the billions and megatrillions of stars, they focused on one. They kept their eyes on one thing that they know they knew would lead them to the Messiah. They didn't say, you know what? I know the constellations. I know this one. And I think that, that we should follow Orion. I, I, I think this is a brighter star. The second star to the moon. Th this one here. No, there was one that was out of the norm, out of the ordinary, and it stood out to them because it wasn't there before and it was there now. But you had to pay attention to the detail to know what it was. And it wasn't this big blinking arrow in the scar sky that we sometimes think it is. And I, I want to challenge us today to think about the story and the details and, the, and how they had to pursue something that was in the, in, the, in the busyness, in the chaos, and they had to focus on something that was important, that seemed insignificant, but it was important. So I want to just kind of challenge you today, before the end of the message at the beginning here, where we know where we're going, and we, we can say today together with an affirmation that this is important in your life. The small things, the details are important, and it matters to God. God cares for the little things in your life, do you care as much as God cares? God presents himself, himself in the small details in your life. Are you able to see that or is it getting lost in the clutter? Is it getting lost in the, in the dazzle? With the manger scene, sometimes we hypersensitization it. I don't even think I said that right. But you get what I'm saying. Sensationalize? That's probably better. We sensationalize this scene. 
How many of you, after you get a new phone, new car, new job, right, the luster of that newness kind of fades away? Does that ever happen? Well, that new phone, that iPhone 5 just isn't that great anymore. They got the iPhone, was it 11 or now, or is it 11? Cool triple camera deal, right? A few years down the road, that's going to be old news. Things lose their luster pretty easily, and I wonder that we put so much luster on the Christmas scene that we forget the reality of the day-to-day details that the, even the wise men had to pursue every single day, not knowing what the end result would actually be, right? We know they didn't. And I wonder how much that loses its luster after the first night at 4 o'clock in the morning, just riding your camel, just waiting for the star to stop. For me, I'd be like, hey, Lord, come quick, because I can't take another night of this. And day after day after day, they're waiting and waiting for the star to stop. And the detail of having to keep their eyes focused on what laid ahead so that they could do the next step. They didn't know what the next step was. And how many of us are getting lost in the details of the, of the mundane, everyday life and saying, that's not important in my life. In reality, it really is. And God's saying, you're asking for that next step, but you haven't even thanked me or seen me in today. The things that you do today is important. The Monday, those stupid things that you don't like to do is important. Say it with me. It's important. It's important. One more time because threes are always good. It's important. God wants you to know that the little things in your life are important. Waking up with a heart of gratitude for 30 seconds, this is important. Waking up and spending time with the Lord. For 60 seconds, if that's all it was in an increase in your life, that's important. Coming home and just being a good dad, that's important. Doing the small things of like uh, 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 balancing your bank account, that's important. The details of saying I love you to somebody in your life that you cherish, a family member, that's important. Spending five minutes in prayer with your wife or your husband, that's important. Saying I love you to your kids at least once is important. These are things that happen every single day and can sometimes lose, lose the luster. But God's saying, I'm in the details. And like the wise men, if we want to be wise, we got to be searching for the clues that lay ahead of us right now in the mundane and those things that we don't think matter. Because listen, one of the best things that, that Satan does to us is he tries to get you to forget that the little things matter to God. And don't forget this when it, until it's too late in life when you're looking back and you realize, you know what, those little things of saying I love you every day actually was important it's too late now. Because it's the little things that come into play that make the big changes in life. Right? We want big change, but we don't want to do the little things. We're never going to see the big change. You want to encounter God, God in a big way? Guess what? You better set up a prayer life, something that says, okay, I'm ready to pursue God. Are you ready to pursue God in your daily life, or do you just want him to show up? We come to God, and we say, thank you, Lord, for the intersections of conversation in my life. I thank you for showing up in the person that you've gifted me at the workplace who I can talk to about you, and they can encourage me in my faith because I'm struggling right now. And without that gift at work, I don't know if I can make it any longer. 
and we begin to see the details of our life that God has orchestrated, we begin to have joy replaced instead of fear and timidity and that feeling of I'm all alone. And all of a sudden, God just re reassures in your heart and affirms in your faith that he's got you. And you're just in a process, you're in a journey just like the wise men, and you're getting wiser and wiser. And you know that one day, there's going to be a greater encounter with Jesus. How many of you um, have said in your life that it's important to look at the details? It's important to load the dishwasher. We're getting real practical here. It's important to pick up those socks. It's important to, who said amen? That's, was that Katie? I know I recognize that voice. It's important to shovel the snow. It's important because these little details help us accomplish the big things. And God wants to do the big things in your life through the small details, even if it's just those little things and showing love to one another. They searched. They followed. They saw the significance of something small and knew not to overlook it. So if you're in here thinking... It's too small to make a difference. It's too small to make an impact. It's too little in my life to be significant. God wants to change that in your, your perspective and give you a new lens and have you say every single day, this is important. This matters. Me being with you matters. You coming here today matters. You hearing the word of God matters. You dropping off your kids here matter. You making a recommitment to God matters. You coming in faith and saying, God, I'm willing to give up my ideas of how I should live, and I want to I live how you want me to live. That matters. But it's not the, the big over sign that people notice. It's those things inside that are hidden that are creating you to be wise in him. Are you searching? Are you carefully looking? Because that's exactly what the wise men were doing. If we want to be wise, we've got to keep that attentive spirit. God is out there, and he's looking to be found by you in all areas. It's not just at the salvation moment. That's only the beginning. And then you get to be able to see find and know God in all these details of your life that you never even thought of before. And he begins to reveal himself to you more and more. His provision, his protection, his blessing through difficulty, his presence that he's building in you, faith, the perseverance, these things that are hidden that you're going to miss out. You're going to become bitter instead of thankful if you don't find God in the details. If you don't look for his presence in the details. It takes faith to believe that God can move mountains through the small things. How many of us are waiting for God to move the mountains through big things? It requires hardly any faith to believe God when you see the big things, but it requires a greater faith when you only see the small things. God rewards those who diligently seek them, seek him. Now sometimes we pray, I pray, God show up in a big way, and it's not wrong, it's not bad. I think that those are good things. In fact, we've got a big dream ahead of us, and I, I think God takes joy when we dream big. This property is a big dream. These the, 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 this purchase is a big mountain, and I think God takes pleasure when we are motivated by faith. That is outside of what we can do, and we say, okay, God, you've got this. I'm not going to be afraid of it. You're going to take care of this. 
and we're pursuing it in faith and believing. But we can't miss out on the small things. And we can't just say well, we're only going to look at the big things because the, some of the biggest things that he does is in the details in your life. Transforms the way that you talk. Transforms the way that you think. Transforms the way that you understand and interpret Scripture. Change, changes in your life of who you connect yourself with or who you identify with or, or, or your surroundings or whatever. God moves in all of us so much and he will move you from this place to that place, but we have to be able to recognize it in our lives and recognize him moving in our lives. And when we pray, God, show me your power, do a miracle, give a big sign, I want to see you do big things in my life. But if we aren't willing to enthusiastically search out the little things that God does, the little miracles in our lives, those little answers that he gives us, if we aren't able or wanting to see that or we miss over that and we only look and ask for the big things, why would God grant us those big things? And he says, listen, you're not even faithful with the little things that I've given you. Why do you want the big ones? Why do you think I'm going to give you the big ones? You're missing out the whole story. I have these big things for you, and you keep asking, you keep asking, but you're missing out. I have a process that I want to lead you to this big thing. You've got the right destination. You've got the right prayer request, but you're missing out on my love for you in this moment, in that conversation on social media. You don't have a greater influence, but your social media rants drive me crazy. So I'm not going to give you a greater influence because the way that you talk about other people. I mean, that's just talking about the stupid small things. But if we can't get that into, uh, under control and we can't get that in order, then how can God bless our area of influence? Because he doesn't want to have a negative impact on his name that you carry. He's going to lead you to a process that sharpens you and creates a wise person inside of you. Somebody who's patient. Somebody who is loving. Somebody who loves God and loves others. Somebody who can speak truth and love at the same time. But maybe we just want that platform because, God, because listen, it's, it's fun to have that platform. But God says before you have that platform, well, you need to build that in you. We need to build that platform. And you can't build a platform without any nails, screws, or bolts. And he says, I'm giving you the hardware right now in your life. And it's gonna, if you use it right, it's going to build the stability, the foundation, a platform for your praise. Because when you get to that point, it's not about you, it's about him. So no matter what happens in your life, the bigger it gets, it's not about what, what I've accomplished in God, it's what he's done in you despite all of your weaknesses and all the cracks and all the flaws. But until we recognize that, it's only going to be a platform for us. And God doesn't want to elevate you that way because that's just uh, the original sin of pride. And God says, listen, I know you want that, but I, you're not ready for that yet because you're seeing the little things that I'm doing inside of you. And all you want to do is promote your story, and I want you to promote my story. Are we searching for God in all the little things, the places that he places in front of us every single day? Are we willing to look for those specific areas that God is revealing himself, sometimes those challenging things that we kind of want to overlook, right? But when we start saying, okay, I, don't, I need this in my life, I want to change, I want to grow, I want to improve, I want to I glorify God and all these things, these areas, you start knowing exactly what that is, whether it's conversation, patience, whatever it is, that God will begin to put that along your path, and you'll be able to notice and see it more and more in your life. You ever prayed that way? We put it into terms everyday life, right? How many of you have that dream car that you don't have yet, but you see it driving on the road every single day? Right? Katie's is the, what is it, the Lexus 300 ES 300 four-door. Is it black? It's white, tinted windows, red leather. That's her dream car. She sees that everywhere, and she reminds me every time I say, I'm like, how is this car in existence, like, so much? Right? I said, honey, let's look for your alternative dream car, the Kia Optima. <laughs> the white one, you know, the pretty economic car. Uh, but she sees it everywhere. So what happened, right? 
What happened? Did that car all of a sudden just multiply on the roads that you begin to see it so much? What happened? Was it the cell phone that was sitting in the car next to us? They're hearing our conversation begin to plant, that the government plant cars around us? Yeah, I was, we were almost there. No, it was her focus. It was her attention. It was her desire to search. It was what she wanted to see. And when you want to see something, it becomes more visible to you in your life. The question is, what do you want to see? Do you want to see negative things? If you want to see the negative, you're going to see more negative in your life. That's going to be the outcome. If you want to see more blessings and promises in your life, you begin to search for them and know where they lie, you're going to see them more and more in your life. You're going to destroy the work of the enemy, the devil, who wants to try and kill and steal and destroy your faith. And instead, you're going to see that as a faith-building moment. Say, look what he's trying to go after. He's trying to go after my faith because he sees you as a threat. So the greater that you see a focus or your attention on God and his word and his character and his nature and his presence and his blessings and all of the righteousness that he's put on inside of you and around you in favor, even in the workplace. Now listen, I know that there are bad things that happen. It's unfair, but guess what? God is still for you, not against you. So we still have something to praise, even in the workplace that sucks. Sometimes. The wise men found Christ because they were actively looking, actively searching, and actively knowing what they were looking for. And that led them to the destination, the end goal that they wanted, but they had to pay attention to the details day in and day out, riding on that camel, that smelly camel, feeding him, getting, these, getting the, the camel water, having to trek through the dunes, not knowing exactly what it was, where it was going to hover, when it was going to stop. They had to give up on the time frame. Sometimes the detail is just trusting God that his timing is perfect. And they said, go and search carefully for the young child. And they followed the star till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the child, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Now I want to hit something real quick. Something that stands out to me in this passage of scripture that I think speaks so clearly to us in our culture today. Is that at the very top of the, this passage, it says this. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When, he king, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with them. They're troubled with the king. They're troubled with the Messiah. They're troubled with the, with, with the Savior coming. All of Jerusalem that should have, been, should have been so excited along with the wise men. Who should have been, I can't believe it. It's here. The day has come. The prophecy has come true. Here he is. There's a star. But they had a totally different outcome because of the way that they looked and anticipated. They were fearing King Herod and his wrath. Instead of rejoicing in the gift that God has given us. They were looking at what the world was going to offer them. Trouble. Pain. Rejection. The wise men were looking for or looking at what God was giving to the world. And when they knew what he was giving in that gift, the natural response was exceedingly great joy. It wasn't planned. Okay, once we find the star, we're going to go ahead and celebrate. It just happened inside of them because they recognized that God's answer was being provided for them in that moment, at that time, in that place. It was the same place in all Jerusalem, in Bethlehem. They saw the same star. It was in the same place, the same space, the same neighborhood. And they missed it. They missed out on all the joy. And instead of finding joy, they found trouble and heartache. It's the same today. There are so many people... You can find trouble and heartache out, out there if you want to, and you don't have to look very hard. 
But you got to pay attention to detail and what God is saying and speaking into you. And when you recognize that in your life, you're going to find exceedingly great joy. And we talk all the time about joy, especially in the Christmas season. And how many times did they miss, or what, what did they miss? They were expecting something else from God. They were expecting a king to rule over their Romans. Not a baby. But the wise men knew that they were going to follow after what God had given and not what we were anticipating or what they were anticipating, expecting God to do. The answer that God should have done. The way that he should have done it. And they just released and said, okay, God, this is your gift and it's going to be the best. I'm so excited. We can find joy. We can find peace. We can find contentment. We can find purpose. And it's all out there for us to see. He has laid it out in the heavens. They speak to us every single night still. How good he is. How big God is. How beautiful he has made that sunset. Did you guys check out that sunset last night? It was amazing. I walked out of Walmart and one of the guys said to the workers, do you see that sunset over there? I looked around and it was gorgeous. He had the attention to go at least see the sunset and know that it was beautiful. You look in the details and you'll see God at work in your life. And when we notice and follow after those details, God begins to transform us from the inside out and so that on the inside we have joy and it becomes uncontainable. And others notice that joy in your life instead of seeing all the trouble that's out there because it still exists but your focus and your attention isn't there, they want what you have. And what you say is, it's not what I have done. It's not because the snow has been cleared. It's not because the socks has been picked up. It's not because the dishwasher is unloaded and my dishes are clean. It's because Christ has come and he has set me free. And he has given me the gift of life every single day. And when I see him or I pursue him and I follow him and I search him, I find him every time. And the answers may be just a little bit differently than what I anticipated, expected, but I, I released that, and all I find from, fi- from getting from him is an overwhelming sense of joy in my life. Do you see it? Are you searching for the small opportunities to trust him, just like we had the keys to the kingdom? Are you seeing how we can follow him in the small things in our life? Are you committed to saying, this is important? What you are doing in your life, in the details, matters. God notices, and he will use those little things as you pursue him in the details. He will use that as a stepping stool, a block for you to stand on. And every detail is a brick that is laid before you, a road that will be paved to a direction of a greater purpose. For you to walk on solid ground, not on sand but on a rock that is built on Jesus Christ. A confidence that can't be broken or shaken. A joy that can't be crushed, for his mercies are new every morning. It's a resting and relying upon his presence and knowing that he is with you every single day. Emmanuel, God with you. I love that song, that Christmas song. There's lots of them. But do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Let's refocus our hearts in this Christmas season and begin to hear, to see all the beautiful miracles that God is doing in the details of your life. He will show himself to you more and more and more until you come to a point where you just can't count those blessings anymore. It's too much. Do we want to be there? Or we're just so flooded by the abundance 
of Jesus in December. But we don't get distracted by the glitz and the glamour, but that we can enjoy his promises. And they are a yes and amen. Let's stand together. We're going to lead out of this place with a new sense of joy, a new sense of awareness of God's light that leads us through the dark night. Some of you may be going through difficult circumstances. You may feel like you're wandering. You may wonder when it's ever going to stop. You may wonder when that next encounter is going to come with, with God. God's moving you in a journey and a process right now, and it's, he's building something inside of you. The question is, are you going to find joy in the process? Joy in the leading. Joy in the searching. Joy in the anticipation of finding. It's there. It's waiting. His promise is right down the road. I don't know the timing. But God does. You don't even know. But it's coming. And it's there. You can't control God's timing. You can only control your perspective in the process, what are you going to choose to put your attention to? What are you going to allow distract you? Or what are you going to focus on? This is the best time of year to redirect our focus. To come back to the simplicity of the gospel. That's Jesus coming as a baby. It's not fictional. This is a real. It's not a postcard. It's a reality. And what Jesus has done and given his life for us by entering in this world. So, how many of us can just raise our hands today and say, God, I, I'm ready to see more of you in the details of my life. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm ready to see the small things as big things. Those small things that don't matter, I want to see them as important. The little things that create change in my life, I'm ready to, to go into a place of encounter in the future. I'm ready to seek joy and receive joy in the process by your guiding light. For you're, you are my light, and you will light up my path through your word. Father, we come to you today, and we offer, we offer our perspective and our attention, and we lay it down before you as a gift that is precious to us, because we like our perspective. But we lay that down as a, a gift to you. Saying we are committed to keeping our eyes focused on what's important every single day. And that those little things we're going to praise you about. And those little things that are troubles. Lord, we're going to focus you in the middle of that trouble. And we're going to find you. And we're going to find a new sense of peace and joy and purpose in that. In your timing, we're going to rest. And we know that the greater answer of encounter is on the way. And so, Lord, we welcome you to change our perspective in this life, in our life, in this month, in this week, today. We offer it over to you, God. Change the way we see the details in our life. By the power 
the ability, the anointing, the freshness, the newness of your Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Change us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we said together. Amen. That's a yes and a let it be so in your life this week. Be blessed with the fullness of joy, of God's joy in your season, Christmas season, in this week and today. Come back next week and we'll discover more of the blessings of the Christmas story. Amen? God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.